Joey Smith, and you're listening to the Go After It podcast. You deserve to live a life on your terms, a life you've always dreamed about. To do that, you'll have to be intentional. You'll have to hustle and have grit. But if you do, you'll be able to fiercely pursue your wildest dreams. Now get out there and go after it. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. So today we're going to do something a little different. This is going to be the first of several installments. We're going to call these episodes, go after it, and then there'll be a topic after it. The point of these episodes are to help you with a specific topic, a specific goal, just to give you help, motivation, tips, whatever it is for you to go after whatever the topic is. So for today, for example, today is going to be called go after it, your health and fitness journey. So today we're going to talk about all things health and fitness related. In this episode, we'll cover a little bit about um, working out, a little bit about health and fitness, but our main focus is going to be nutrition because nutrition is the biggest part of the battle. If I'm super honest, it's the hardest thing for me and it's still a daily and constant struggle for me because I love food, (laughs) y'all. I do. Um, but I know I have to get a handle of it if I want to get to some of my goals. Let me also say from the very get-go that I am not a nutritionist, not a certified health coach or a doctor or anything. So all of this advice is, is just that. Take it or leave it. Um, it's all based off my own research, my own experience. So if you feel uncomfortable with anything, you're concerned, you have questions, you should definitely run it by your doctor or whoever your trusted health official is. Um, before you start anything like this. Okay. So I kind of have some topics that I'm going to throw out to you throughout this, um, just to help me keep it organized because quite honestly, it's a lot. (laughs) I could talk for hours, um, about this topic and I don't want to drag this out into a super long podcast. However, I feel like this one's going to be a little longer than the others. Um, so I made myself some notes and some topics to try to keep myself straight and keep me on point. So the first thing I want to talk about is the keys to a strong health journey. So no matter which option you pick, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some workout routines and and some nutrition stuff. Um, But there has to be some keys, some pieces in place before you start. So first, it has to be sustainable. So whatever you pick, whatever route you choose, we'll talk about several things and maybe there's other things that you're, you're looking at. It has to be sustainable, guys. If this is going to stick and if you're going to do this thing long term and you're going to make a lifestyle out of it, you have to be able to commit to it forever. If it's such a struggle that you can't string together two, three, four days of following a plan, then it's probably not sustainable and it's probably not going to work long term. It also has to be flexible. So again, kind of going off point one, you have to be able to follow this lifestyle forever. And if you can't stay on a plan, it's likely that there's probably no flexibility built into it. And that makes it hard to stick to. I'm not giving you permission to cheat every day or four to five times a week or or something like that. But I'm saying that your plan has to have a way to deal with things like holidays, birthday parties, etc. Because it's not sustainable to say that you're never going to eat a piece of birthday cake again. Or that you're never going to have pasta again. you got to have the flexibility. 
that flexibility allows you to still be accountable, but also to be human and to live. Because if you're not having the experiences that you love, you're going to learn, you're going to start to resent the process and and that's going to undermine what you're trying to do. And the third point here for the keys of the strong health journey is you've got to be consistent. Okay. I feel like I'm kind of a broken record because I feel like all three of these things are kind of all the same, but seriously, it only works if you stick to it most of the time, you know, I've heard in the, uh, I've heard it thrown around like an 80, 20 rule. It probably should be more like 90, 10, but still, if you can't stick to it more than half of the time, you're not following a, a sustainable, flexible program that you can stick to and be consistent with. Okay. So I'm going to start with nutrition because 90% of my questions I get, um, from people on social media or just in my everyday life is about nutrition because I think most of us struggle with it the most. Um, and it's honestly the biggest piece to any fitness journey. You know, they say that like abs are made in the kitchen and, and that's true because you cannot outwork a bad diet. You can do all the sit-ups and crunches that you want to, but if you're not eating right, you're not going to uncover what you're building under there. So when following a nutrition plan, besides that it needs to be flexible and sustainable and you have to be consistent, um, the way I'm wired is I'm not going to pay somebody else to do something for me that I could do for myself for free. Like this is just how I, it's just how I am. It's just how I'm wired. I like figuring out things for myself and relying on myself. That's probably kind of the teacher in me is that I like learning new things and I like that kind of challenge. Um, what I mean by that is that I'm not going to pay a fee to Noom or Weight Watchers or, you know, some of these meal, um, programs where they box it all up into you and send it to you. I'm just not going to pay for that. I might hire a coach or a nutritionist to teach me what to do, but I'm not gonna buy these programs because again, I can't do that forever. So I want to learn what I need to know to do it for myself and to be able to like slowly release the supports. You know, I might get a coach to teach me what to do at first. They might even write me a meal plan and tell me what to eat or something, but a good coach should slowly start to release you like into the wild. And if they do their job right, you should have those skills and the knowledge in order to do it on your own. If you like those things, Noom, Weight Watchers, whatever, if that works for you, you do you boo. But my mindset is kind of like that old adage of give a man a fish and he'll have a fish for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he, he'll have food for the rest of his life. I don't want you to give me a fish. I want you to teach me how to fish because I want to be able to do that forever. So in my experience, pretty much everything I can think of that would be like free and lifelong ways that you could teach yourself about nutrition are basically counting calories or counting macros or following a meal plan. And let's be real. All three of those are basically just counting calories with a little different lens. Um, but for me, these are the three that have kind of been the most sustainable for me. And have really helped me stick with it without feeling uh, cheated out of out of life and experiences. Um, nutrition uh, for weight loss or for building muscle or even for sustaining and maintaining is as simple as calories in and calories out. If you want to lose, you need to be in a calorie deficit. So that means you need to be burning more than you're taking in. If you want to build muscle, 
You need to be in a surplus. Your body needs the food and the fuel in order to build the way that you want it to. If you want to maintain, then you should be just breaking even. Okay. Um, if you're just starting up, you might want to start with just counting calories. You know, you can work your way up, but take one step at a time and that'll help you from getting overwhelmed. Start with the calorie counting. Once you get a handle on that, you can move up to one of the other two macros or meal plans because they're a little bit more involved. Um, but I think they're kind of considered equal. They're kind of like two sides of a brain, you know, people who like the flexibility and don't like eating the same things all the time tend to prefer macros because it gives you some wiggle room. It gives you the, the chance to have variety in your life, um, but still keeps you on point as far as what you're bringing in and eating. Um, people who want to think less about it, maybe it just stresses you out or you just like are frustrated with the process or you just don't want to think about it all the time, um, tend to prefer meal plans because with a meal plan, you can figure it out once, you know, work to figure out what your numbers are for the week, repeat it over and over and eat the same things all week long. Um, so first you got to decide your goal. Like I said, if you're losing or bulking or maintaining, it's all just a little bit different. You're still going to count your calories, but you need to kind of know what your goal is first before you set something. Um, then you're going to need to figure out what your baseline of calories are. There's a lot of calorie calculators out there. Like I'm not going to go through that whole process. You can definitely do, you know, a fast Google search and find some things. Um, a good calorie calculator will base it off of your height, your gender, your age, your current weight, your activity level, etc. A good one's going to take in all of those factors, and that's important. So I would just do a quick Google search, find a few that um, do most of those kind of factors in your calorie count, and maybe do a couple of them and kind of take the the middle ground or what seems to be the the common answer for your age and height and gender, etc. For macros, I really love the Macros Inc. Macros calculator. Um, I can link it in the show notes for you guys to get to, um, but I really like it. There's a, a fat loss option, a build muscle option, or like a maintaining option. <clears throat> it talks you through like your lifestyle as far as like what your job is, whether you're active or sedentary or whatever. Um, and I've just found that throughout my whole journey, this calculator tends to be pretty spot on. Um, so I would sh suggest that for you guys. Um, also just a caution that for most people, you probably want to choose sedentary when it talks about your activity level. Um, because like, even though I'm a teacher who's walking around and stuff, I'm not burning the same kind of calories as like a lumberjack. <laughs> so unless your job is really something super physical like that, maybe construction or something like that, I'd probably choose sedentary to be safe. But you could totally do, you know, a couple different things and kind of see where the numbers fall and maybe choose a happy medium. All of that will make more sense once you go to the macros in calculator and take it. Um, let's talk about macros a little bit because it's thrown around a lot. And I feel like a lot of people don't even understand. I know that I thought I knew what macros were. And I mean, I, I did know what macros were, but I didn't know some of the science and the numbers behind it. And I'm kind of nerdy now. Like when I hear people <laughs> talk about it, I'm always going to be like, Oh, did you know this? Did you know this? And I find out most people don't. So I'm going to geek out on you for a minute here. <laughs> but macros refers to the three ma uh, macronutrients that your calories come from. So all the calories in food come from carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Um, each are a different amount of calories. 
well, two are the same and one is different. So carbs and proteins are both four calories per gram. And then fats are nine calories per gram. So you can look at the back of a food label, like on the back of your product, and you can calculate the calories. Um, I do this in the store, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I always double check that the labels match and stuff. So let me explain what I mean. For example, um, I have my Jif Squeeze peanut butter here beside me, put it on top of my um, my pre-workout like oatmeal concoction bowl thing that I have. Um, and the label here says that for every 33 grams, which is also two tablespoons, but in macros, you're going to always want to weigh everything in grams. More on that later. Anyways, you, for every serving, there's 16 grams of fat, eight grams of carbs, and seven grams of protein. So we can do that math this way to figure out how many calories are in this serving. Okay. So first is fat. There's 16 grams of fat. Fat is nine calories each. So if you do the math there, 16 times nine is 144. Okay. Then there's um, eight grams of carbs. Okay. So carbs are four calories a piece. So eight times four is 32. And then the last one is protein. There's 17, or sorry, seven grams of it. So seven times four is 28. Okay. Now you can add all three of those macro calories together. So 144 plus 32 plus 28, and that's 204 calories. Okay. Now the scary part or the sad part or whatever, y'all, I'm going to get up on my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> the sad part about this is that the label says it's 190 calories, but you just heard me do the math. Um, and that's off by what is that? 14 calories. So not a huge deal, but say you had four servings of peanut butter in a day, which is a lot of peanut butter y'all, but, but that starts to add up. And that's because like our, I guess it's USDA allows companies to round their labels um, the way that they want it to. Um, if it's under a certain amount, they can round down. Um, sometimes I've seen them round up just if it's a weird funky number, like if it's like 167 calories, they might round it to 170, but they also allow them to deduct fiber from the carb count and make it look much lower calorie wise than it is. So if you see something labeled as low carb, I bet if you do the math on the back that the calories are actually much higher than it's listed because that's the way they're marketing it to you. So oftentimes you'll see things like low carb bread. And if you do the math, the calories are the same as a regular piece of bread. So a lot of times you're better off just to eat the regular piece of bread. So who knows what we actually eat every day? I'm really not sure how any of this is really like ethical, but <laughs> that's a different topic for a different day. So let me jump back off my soapbox now and get back on track here. So basically, um, all your calories and food come from those three macros. Okay. And so if you're tracking macros, what you're basically doing is you're trying to balance your food among those three categories. So most people have the highest number in carbs and then protein is usually pretty close second. And then fat's usually significantly lower because it's just more calorie dense. So currently I'm in prep. Um, I'm preparing for a pageant and maybe hopefully a beat uh, a bodybuilding competition <laughs> at some point. Um, and so my coach and I are still getting to know each other. We're still playing with my numbers and such, but right now, um, I am in prep and I take in about 1650 calories today. So 1,650 calories in a day that's split up to about 165 grams in carbs. It's a little different for leg day versus arm day versus an off day, but still about 165 grams in carbs 
145 in protein, and then only 45 in fat. Now, that's just me. That's what my coach and I have going right now. Um, but again, you take the calculator, consider your personal you know, experiences and needs and medical conditions. And if you're breastfeeding and stuff, then that changes your numbers a little bit. And, and, you know, consult your physician or, you know, whoever you trust for medical advice um, before you start doing anything crazy. But that's kind of the way the breakdown is, okay? If you don't want to do all those numbers, you don't like having to track every everything every day and follow everything, um, then maybe meal plan is for you. It's still counting calories. Like, you're still tracking what you're eating, but you're basically doing it all at once to take the thought process out of it. So basically it means that you've already done your calculations for calories and macros. You're just eating off a script. So you're going to eat the same thing every day, or maybe you plan out the whole week and you're going to eat exactly what it says for that week. But basically you do all the math on one day, you prep it, you eat those things, and you take all that thought process out of it until the next time that you turn around and prep. Um... Tips for the food part. Once you choose your plan, you got to implement it. And that can be hard. That can be overwhelming at first. It's a lot, y'all. I'm not going to lie. So if, if you're doing it for a week or so and you get confused and you get overwhelmed, don't panic. That's normal. You got to learn. You know, you're kind of like a baby learning to walk. It's hard at first. But then you take your first step. Then you take a couple of steps. And then it just all starts getting easier as you, as you go. Okay. So once you choose your plan, you're going to want to figure out what works for you. And these are some keys, some key things, some tips that I did, or I figured out along the way that really helped me. So first, and probably the most obvious thing is, is that you need a tracking system that works for you. I like my fitness pal. You can do everything that you need to with the free version. You can scan barcodes of what you're eating. You can search for things in logs. I like that it's portable, like it's on my cell phone, so I can take it everywhere. Um, It even has chain restaurants, like food nutrition information is on there. Um, You know, some people like logging things pen and paper, like old school, writing it down. And if that's the way you want to do it, go for it. That's just not my style. I wanted to be able to take it with me and not be like, oh, I left my book laying on the counter at home. Um, But basically, you want some way that you can account for what you're eating in a day and you can track your calories or your macros or whatever. Okay. The other thing that's going to be very eye-opening for you as you're on this journey is portions. Portions are so important. And what I think you're probably going to realize is that our portions, especially in America, is huge. They're huge. (laughs) We eat a lot. Um, And I think one of the biggest things that I learned is to, to kind of judge what the portion sizes are for common foods that I eat. So back to the peanut butter for a minute, you know, you heard me say 33 grams of peanut butter is a serving y'all 33 grams of peanut butter is nothing. (laughs) It's nothing like you think you're getting two tablespoons. It is not what you think it is on two tablespoons. I was measuring out two tablespoons before, and I was probably eating a serving and a half, if not more of peanut butter, thinking that I was following what I was supposed to do. However, on the flip side of that, um, something like spinach, the serving size of spinach is literally those, if you've seen the small plastic boxes that, that spinach comes in, in the produce aisle, that's one serving. 
like look at it and flip it over and look at the nutritional information and it'll say like servings per container one. You can eat that whole thing for something like 35 calories. You'll learn very quick, quickly what foods are kind of high volume spinach and which ones are going to be low volume peanut butter nuts. Um, I'm not saying you can't eat peanut butter, but what I'm saying is when you consider how many calories is in peanut butter, versus how much of other foods you could get for the same amount of calories or for lower calories, it makes you start to question how important that certain food is to you. And that's okay. If you love peanut butter, if you love chocolate, if you love potato chips or something, and you want to make sure that you fit them in every day, then that's the beauty of this. You prioritize that, that you're going to have your, you know, one serving of potato chips a night. That means you're going to have to take down some carbs from other points in the day and maybe eat a little less calories at lunch or something but you can make it work. That's making it sustainable to work for you. Okay. Along with portions, another thing you would probably want to invest in is a scale. You need a kitchen scale. Okay. Uh, especially if you're really closely following macros, especially if you've got some kind of big important goal that you're trying to go after, you should weigh everything in grams or if it's liquid in milligrams. This way, you know exactly what you're eating. I weigh things like my bagels, um, a serving on there is often different than what the bagels actually weigh. So I need to account for that difference, whether it's more or less. Um, I weigh my broccoli, my ground turkey. I weigh my peanut butter before I put it on. I weigh my jelly, all of that. You may get to a point where you learn enough that, you know, you can eyeball your food. And that's cool. Um, I don't think you need to weigh your food forever. I don't think it's really healthy to be like super, um, you know, I don't know, that's almost kind of eating disorder kind of habit. So be careful. And if that, if that's something that, that you struggle with, then you might just want to go with the measuring and don't, don't go the whole scale route, but it can be helpful. So I do think it's helpful to like train yourself for a while and really open your eyes to what portion sizes are and get comfortable with that and get comfortable with the amount you're supposed to be eating. And then we can slowly take that support away again too. Um, Another thing I do that super helps me is meal prep. Um, I take one day of my week, I do it on Sunday afternoons, and I meal prep for the whole week. So on Sunday, I'll make my my breakfasts, any snacks for the week, and my lunch. I like to cook my dinners fresh, but I do know that a lot of people will cook dinner ahead. And as I get closer to my, my pageant or my bodybuilding show or whatever it is I'm working for, I will likely start to prep my dinners as well. But for now... This is working for me. So, and I also do go ahead and plan out my dinners. So I know what I'm going to have every day of the week. And I don't like freak out and can't think of something for dinner and panic and order pizza. Um, I often make breakfast casserole and overnight oats in my mason jars for breakfasts. It's fairly easy. Gets me a carb and gets me some proteins in. Um, My lunches vary, but I usually have three or four things that I kind of just rotate. Um... So one week I might do taco meat over sweet potatoes with some spinach and throw some salsa on it and make it kind of like a little healthier taco salad. Um, And then the next week I might just do ground turkey with some peppers and onions and do it with red potatoes and green beans. So something like that. Usually my lunches are a protein, a carb, and a veggie. Um, For snacks, I'll boil eggs and peel them. I usually do them with a little mustard um, or I'll make deviled eggs sometimes. Um... 
Also for snacks, I do rice cakes with peanut butter um, or Greek yogurts. I like the light and, I think it was the light and fit. They're like 80 calories, but they've got some, a pretty good amount of protein for that small serving. Um, and then for my pre-workouts, I like making a concoction bowl, which is usually just cream of rice or oats. I put my protein powder in it and then I will microwave it about an hour before my workout. And I put some peanut butter on top. Can you tell them all about the peanut butter? Like everything <laughs> we're talking about today is peanut butter. Peanut butter is life. If you don't agree, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> Probably my biggest thing I figured out, like my biggest aha moment that I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Why was I not doing it? Is to pre-log your meals. Oh my God, I'm going to say it again because that's how much I believe in it. Pre-log your meals, people. The night before, you know, you're already packing your lunchbox and everything. So I take five minutes or whatever it takes, not even that long anymore. As I'm packing my lunchbox for the next day, I log everything into my fitness pal as I'm sticking it in there. I plug in what I know I'm going to eat for breakfast. I plug in my lunch. I plug in my snacks. And then lastly, I'll log my dinner and then I'll check my numbers. And if I realize like dinner pushed me over on something, I might try to adjust maybe like what my side dish is or what my veggie is. But if it puts me way over and there's no saving it, then I just swap out one of my dinner plans. And I already know the day before what I ate, how many calories I have left, how many macros I have left, whatever. And I can adjust so that I can make or stay on my plan. So my day's already planned. I already have it done. And it just frees up so much mental space for me. When I first started tracking, I, was, I felt like I was constantly attached to my phone. Like I was like, oh, God, I'm going to plug in with that. I, what I just ate. Oh, I ate my yogurt. Let me go in and plug it in. Doing it the night before, it's already already in there. And, and at the end of the day, when I start to pack for the next day, I'll check my list of today's stuff. If I ate it, perfect. If I didn't eat it, I delete it, whatever adjust my day, and then I move on to the next day and pre-log it. Okay. The last thing that I think is a, a really big help is drinking water. You know, I aim to get a gallon in a day and people are always like, oh, I don't know how you do that. I can't drink that much water. And I really started to think about like, why, why do I drink so much? What does help me? And one weekend I realized that I had a water bottle, like a regular water bottle. And like, Something about picking it up, taking the lid off and turning it up. I just, I just didn't do it. It's not like I thought that was too much work. It's just like, I don't know. It wasn't easily accessible. So for me, um, I drink water through a straw. Um, I can just drink more. I honestly kind of like subconsciously drink with a straw. Like I, I can listen to people have conversations and talk at school and stuff. And I can drink through a straw without it being super disruptive. And, and I do it without even really thinking about it. So I don't know why, but something about taking that lid off to drink, I don't, I won't do it. But a straw, I can drink so much more, so much more quickly and easier that it just kind of goes down better. And guys, if you're not prioritizing your water, you really need to. It's helped me so much. It's cleared up my skin. Um, it's good for your belly. It helps with your hunger. Like I just feel better overall. Like I can tell when I haven't drank water because it just, there's just something that makes me feel icky. Um, so kind of to recap what I've said, we need to choose plans that are flexible, sustainable, and consist consistent. Something that like you can stick to long-term, 
something that's going to, you know, ebb and flow with the way your life is, but you can still meet your goals and something that you can do every single day if you, if you needed to and wanted to, um, and it would work for you. Okay. You also need to pick what works for you. Start small, you know, just counting those calories or whatever, start easy, and then slowly start to add on. So maybe the first week you just track your calories, see where you're landing, and then you can kind of figure out what, where your calorie goal should be from there. And then maybe once you start counting calories good, then you start prioritizing the water more. Um, you know, start small and then slowly build on it. Get comfortable with one thing and then add on. You know, like I mentioned being a baby and learning to walk. Like you don't take your first step and then run a marathon the next day. Like that doesn't work. You've got to learn to take four and five steps together. You've got to learn to walk. Then you got to learn to run. Then you can worry about doing long-term long races and things. But that comes way down the road. Okay. Um, take these tips and use them. Pre-logging was mind-blowing for me. It really changed my life uh, when I started doing that. And so if you don't do anything else from this, when you're tracking things, pre-log your days. Oh my goodness. It's life-changing. So I was going to go into workouts, but I think I'm going to save that for its own episode. So I think this one, we're just going to focus on nutrition. We're going to let this one simmer. Um, and if you have questions and stuff, feel free to reach out. I I'm always willing to help. And if I don't have the answer, I'll try to send you in the right direction. I got a lot of smart friends who are really good at this. And so if I don't know how to help you, I will shoot you in one of their directions and they can help you. So you guys know, I like to leave you with a quote and today I'm just going to keep it simple. Okay, the quote I found today kind of goes off what we're talking about is, if you want to be taken seriously, be consistent. I really like that. The quote is, if you want to be taken seriously, be consistent. To me, this means if you want other people to believe in you, if you want people to buy in to what it is that you're trying to go after, if you want to be taken seriously, if you want others to believe in you, then, then you've got to be consistent. You've got to wake up every day like the lioness that I've talked about in the other episodes who are so hungry, who are ready to eat, who are going to eat no matter what. They're going to figure out a way to make it happen. They're going to show up and they're going to keep showing up. And you're going to get there eventually. You know, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to be consistent. You'll get people's attention just by staying true to the course and, you know, keep on keeping on. So if you want to be taken seriously, be consistent. Hang in there. You're going to get there. But you've got to take yourself seriously. That's where the consistency comes in. You showing up every day for yourself is being consistent. So that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys. Um, it, it makes my day when I get a message. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kirby underscore G underscore Smith. I would love to hear from you. I, I would love it if you would follow uh, this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, send it to somebody, share it with your friends. Um, it helps others find, go after it, and it helps them go after it and helps us to build our mission. So thanks for being here today. I look forward to um, talking with you and seeing what you think about this episode. And in the meantime, I'm going to start working on something else. All right, guys, get out there and go after it.
Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Go After It. If you enjoyed it, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This will help others be able to find Go After It too. If you ever have any questions or you just want to reach out, send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at Kirby underscore G underscore Smith. I would love to hear from you. Thanks again, guys. And now go after it.